ladies and gentlemen, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. One of my favorite films this year is the movie Her, mm -hmm. which, uh, yeah. Takes place takes place in the not so distant future, which is perfect because so does Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, Tina, I was in that movie too. I was the voice of the computer. No, Amy, that was Scarlett Johansson. Was it? It was. If you say so. Ladies and gentlemen, choke me with that dead cat. <laughs> I'm Kent Garrison. I'm Brian Gill. And I'm that dead cat. And this is Mad. About movies. Da, 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 da. You sound insane. Do you realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Mad About Movies is your go-to show for all things cinema. Every week, we talk movie news, movie rumors, movie rumblings, and give you a detailed analysis of a chosen movie of the week. But don't worry, because we will warn you when we go into spoilers. Please stay tuned for our weekly recommends, in which we suggest something that you need to check out ASAP. And remember, you can find all our episodes at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. And also remember to leave a review on iTunes. Brian, this week's movie of the week is what? This week we're going to be talking about Spike Jones's Her. Mr. Theodore Twombly. Welcome to the world's first artificially intelligent operating system. We'd like to ask you a few questions. Okay. Are you social or antisocial? I guess I haven't been social in a while. How would you describe your relationship with your mother? Thank you. Please wait as your operating system is initiated. Hello, I'm here. Hi. Hi, I'm Samantha. One of the first movies we did on this podcast was the master so we've seen walking phoenix we've seen spike jones uh last week i think it was in the wolf of wall street he made a, a short cameo we've seen scarlett johansson in the avengers uh we've seen amy adams in, in everything um, in everything this year yep so man it's going to be good to uh, talk about a movie that features all of them and uh it's just going to be talk good to talk about this movie in general this is one that we've been anticipating for a long long time uh, obviously, if you're a fan of our show, you know that we've been um, anticipating it. And so we're going to break it on down a little bit later in the show. I want to shout out to an iTunes user who gave us five stars. Uh, his name is uh, Mad Skills with a Z with 12, 12 exclamation points. The subject is doesn't get any better. So, wow. Thanks yeah, for the thanks for He's the right. I mean, he's right. And uh, his review says, these guys are just the best. They are clearly great buddies, and they have great natural chemistry and a great affinity for cinema. I love that they go over movie news before doing an in-depth analysis of a select movie of the week. And they don't just choose whatever the biggest movie of the week is. They go and pick something that they want to see or they thought might be a solid flick. But their only weakness is that they all love the same movies. <laughs> These guys never disagree with each other, which is not a big deal. I look forward to new episodes of this more than I do for any other podcast I subscribe to. Keep up the good work, guys. Nice. Oh, that's, 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 that's incredible. Thanks, dude. The weird thing is we all hate each other. We're not good buds at all. So I'm glad that uh, we've been able to keep that from the from the listener. We uh, we do not speak outside of the podcast. Um, right. We're, we're not allowed to contractually. Yeah. It's a real... John and Paul situation. But I would like to suggest to uh, 
to use your mad skills, just read between the lines a lot of our reviews because we don't agree 100% of the time. It might just seem like that because we say it so nicely to each other. (laughs) Um, But I can name uh, a bunch of times on this over this past year that we've disagreed on on things. So I suggest if you think we agreed on every movie, go back, listen to every episode again. You might not feel (laughs) that way. Yeah. Uh, But thank you. Thank you to Mad Skills for the five-star review. And if you would like your name forever etched in Mad About Movies history, head on over to iTunes and give us five stars. Let the filibustering begin. Man, it's been such a it's been such a crazy week. Uh, crazy two weeks for movie news, rumors, rumblings. There's almost too much to talk about uh, in this episode and um, for this week. But we're gonna try to hit a little bit of it before we before we dive right into Spike Jones's her. I guess the issue of the utmost importance to our podcast is the Golden Globe Awards uh, that happened this this past weekend. Um, Brian, I'm going to let you <laughs> give us your give us your impressions of the Golden Globes. You're an award show guy, aficionado, yeah, I would that's say. True. Are you? Let me ask you this: Are you are you having an Oscar party this year? Um, I imagine I will have a few people over for Oscar. I, I used to have a, we had a friend that would always do a big Oscar party and like get odds, you know, on who was going to win and who was going to wear what and things like that. Yeah. And we all bet on it, which is a lot of fun. Um, they, I don't know if they'll be having their party this year or not. So if they don't, I imagine I'll have a couple people over just, uh, a, a few like-minded individuals that uh, love award season like I do. So Maybe a few. If you were to invite Richard and myself, yeah, we would consider I w- I coming. Obviously, that's but, sure. I mean, if you were to, we we would consider it. Okay, you can speak. Probably to my agent. won't, but we would consider it. <laughs> yeah. All right. My pe- my podcast agent, <laughs> Jimmy Big Ears. <laughs> He's mine uh, too, man. I thought he was. Yeah, you're exclusive. Was... What the heck? Um, but what were your thoughts on the on the Globes, Brian? I I know you watched them, so I did. But I I, I will admit I had to. I missed like 30 or 45 minutes of it because I had to, uh, you know, put a kid to bed. So that was fun. Um, no, they, they, that's look, what you call it. That's weird. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, oh. I mean, the Golden Globes have this weird thing where it's like they don't really matter at all on any level, but they're fun. And so when they're having fun, it, it's fun. You know, I, mean, I it's an it can be a very enjoyable award show it's very rarely as pretentious as some of the others are um and so i enjoyed i really enjoyed tina fey and amy poehler i i wish that they could just if nothing else they could just write all the jokes for every award show because they're so much better than what we are probably going to get from uh the oscars or the grammys or the whatever okay but bruce valanche has (laughs) bruce valanche is going to come back at you for that all right bring it bruce um (laughs) But on the flip side, their awards really don't matter at all. And this was one of those years where it kind of felt like they know that their awards didn't matter at all. So they just picked some really random yeah, uh, yeah. recipients, which is fine. I, you know, I don't, I don't mind that. That uh, I, look, we all love film here. I like when a bunch of different films get highlighted throughout the course of award season, and it's not just like a total domination by one film or another. So it was good to see them do some different things. I don't know how much we can take from that as far as, 
you know, this is what we can expect from the Academy Awards. I probably very little. I think probably like the uh, the Directors Guild Awards and and Producers Guild Awards probably matter more as far as predictions and such. But anyway, you know, it, it was a it was a decent show. Uh, some questionable decisions, but overall, you know, it was fine. What did you guys think? I thought it was cool. Um... Also, on a side note, seven-year high in ratings for the Golden Globes wow. this year. So um, people love people love the uh, the polar fay combination. They really do. Uh, and that I don't blame them. They're the best. Decision. Yeah, they're the yeah. best. Yeah, and absolutely. Easily. That and the I think movies are bigger this year than they have been. Just the sure. big crop of movies. Everybody has a favorite this year, and yeah. and that leads me into my my point about about the Golden Globes, and I'll go over the winners here in a second. Um, but the, you pointed, you touched, you touched on it a little bit, Brian, the, just the amount of movies that got recognized Mm. is, was kind of, was, um, was kind of cool. You know, Mike, for example, best screenplay went to her, which we're about to talk about. Best director went to Alfonso Cuaron for Gravity. Mm -hmm. Best picture went to 12 Years a Slave and American Hustle. (laughs) Best actors went to two different movies, Wolf of Wall Street and Dallas Buyers Club. And uh but both the female roles went to um went to uh American Hustle except for Kate Kate Blanchett for for Blue Jasmine. Mm-hmm. But so man, it's really to me, after seeing the Golden Globes, it's anybody's game at this point still. Uh usually it's sometimes the Globes are sort of a barometer, but um I I wouldn't put my money on any of these movies going forward still it's still a toss-up and that's pretty crazy considering the used to be the most significant prior award show maybe sag awards you could you could say that about sag awards are more um i think the uh globes are more are better at establishing momentum oftentimes for certain movies that's what i mean whereas the sag awards are a more accurate representation of what will win just because, yeah, yes, just yeah. by nature of being closer to the Oscars, right. the kind of championing and campaigning, so to speak, has been done, and you're able to kind of see, you know, who may win. I actually would probably bet on either Hustle or Twelve Years a Slave for Best Picture. Um, it's just I just can't decide between those two. To me, it's just a straight fifty-fifty on who who the Academy is going to pick. They're both such um, Oscar bait. And there's both um, – in any other year, they would each be nominated for, for Best Picture. Like if they came out in two consecutive years, they would both still get – probably be the favorites, you know. It's just they, they happen to come out in the same year. I lean year. towards 12 Years to Slave just because yeah. Hustle is a little closer in spirit to Argo. And I think they right. don't want to like let the same movie win twice in a row. I don't know. That's just my own pet theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah you might be – you might be right. And I think I think Dallas Buyers Club would be a favorite in another in maybe any year but this year too. That holds up um, really well. Like the more stuff we see, I like that movie more and more. I okay. think I, I think they're going to praise that one. Look, I, I expect at this point the Oscars will give. Uh, I kind of think McConaughey's the uh, the favorite for uh, for best actor. for actor. I think it's going to get an acting awards and 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 that'll be the end of it. Yeah, but that's that's a guess. Obviously, it's a guess at this point. Um, kind of a surprise for me, maybe not for you guys, um, because of our our Dallas Buyers Club episode. Um, I remember your thoughts in that on that episode, but kind of a surprise for me when when Jared Leto took home Best Supporting Actor. Um, I understand why he won, 
but the that that category like the actors and directors and pretty much every category this year it was just so stacked that mm. um of the actors that I saw there I thought he was going to be the last person to win <laughs> like I would have chosen I would have thought they would have picked Bruce Stern ahead of him Michael Fassbender ahead of him um my favorite was was for Fassbender I thought he was going to I thought he was going to win supporting I didn't think Chiwetel would would pull off best actor but I thought at least they would recognize Fassbender uh for this movie didn't happen yeah. so i even the uh captain phillips guy i yeah um barcott yeah. abdi yeah barcott abdi i you know i think that in i was very impressed at leto in the movie i think he's he's really good but like that's such an award showy performance mm. and like going to those depths of oneself um then why just, they eat that up then why yeah. is uh Christian Bale not in the conversation more for for hustle because he, while it's a physical transformation it doesn't kind of carry the same yeah. political and sexual cachet that uh that Leto's did. I would compare I would compare Bale to McConaughey maybe. They're both sure. very extreme physical transformations. Sure. But we've seen it from Bale before. Yeah, right? I, and so I, that's the thing. Bale, they, that right. Bale performance to me just stands out so as far as this year's performances, but you have to look at it, uh, like you said, Richard, in the um, ethos of, of what Bale has done. I mean, that's just, it's near the top. It's probably not the top. You know, there's, there's yeah. so much stuff that he's done that's great. That, I think Joaquin Phoenix suffers from that too with her. Like, sure. We'll talk about that performance I think later, that's, that's probably why McConaughey really will good. win. It's, yeah, because it's the best like, thing clearly that he's ever done. Was, yeah. You know, his, clearly his best performance ever. Um, There's something to that, definitely. I mean, because we we've seen, you know, with the master, I, I don't know if it's necessarily a better performance in this one and her, but like it's just so much more dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, well, and you have to take into account the the weight of the material. Too. I don't think, I think that's. I don't that's think Joaquin factor. stands a chance um, for the Oscar. I think he still will get some weight momentum. The Oscar people love them, so Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. The fact that he's nominated for Walk the Line proves that they love Walking Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. might be, you got a point there, but I'm just – man, you got to remember with the Oscars, it's it's both genres of movies put together. It's like you got DiCaprio. You've got – you know, I just think tell, people, oh, man, people just, love – I wouldn't be surprised if he's not nominated, but if he's nominated – I would be I think, shocked if he wasn't nominated at least, yeah. I, I think her is going to catch a lot of late momentum because I think people people really like it. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I I can just see it. I think it's really having a thought provoking impact on people. And I think the word of mouth will kind of catch on, and it's kind of a. I don't know. They tend to like kind of sometimes upbeat stuff. I, I don't know. I think, like I said, yeah, it's just crazy. It's just anybody's game, and um, in every category, it's anybody's game. This is seriously the most exciting award season that I've probably ever remembered in my lifetime i don't know brian might might have a a longer memory of of awards yeah, well, but this the, I mean, as far as three one was pretty I, no I as far it. as competition like yeah, um no, usually you. every year it's like okay everyone knows who's gonna win and there's always one person that everyone wants to win and it's is that guy gonna make it or not and this, and this year, year that's like, Julie roberts for august, august <laughs> that's such a guilt nomination yeah like i haven't seen that movie but I can already tell you well, that we're going to talk about how crappy it is. No, <laughs> but I can already tell you that like that movie just 
doesn't even deserve a nom- nominations. Like it's just straight Oscar bait. <laughs> like there's no, yeah. <laughs> they're not fooling bait. anybody with yeah. it. <laughs> it's like yeah. Meryl Streep and Julia Roberts in like a old, like one act play adapted into a movie. Oh wow. Yeah. Cool. Um, but let's talk about a little bit about the TV stuff before we, before we move on. Um, most surprising, uh, awards for TV for the golden globes, Brooklyn nine, nine taking home best comedy. Yeah. What in the and world? best actor in a comedy series for Andy Samberg. Yeah. Never would have thought in a million years that that, that would happen. No. Not, Neither did he. No. Yeah, Andy he, he's Samberg the was, one person who legitimately could walk up there and say, I really didn't expect this. Sorry, guys. I got nothing. You know, I mean, no one thought that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, not the fact that Brooklyn Nine-Nine isn't the best show, because it probably is the best comedy out right now. Ooh, I don't but know. It, it, might, it might be. It has potential to be. It's getting there. It has sure. the legs to be, but it hasn't. But I didn't think it had the started. awareness with the yeah. the voters like a Modern Family would have, you know, or a Parks and Rec. Foreign press hates Modern Family. It, they've never really won anything at the Globes for some reason. It's it's really weird. They kill at the Emmys, but the Globes they've only they've won hardly nearly as many awards at the Globes as they have the uh, the Emmys. I don't know what that is. It's exciting though about Brooklyn Nine Nine because you know an award like a Golden Globe for best series, let alone a best actor award for Sandberg, but that alone will get this show going. You know, like they're at yeah, least going to give two or three more seasons just because of that, because it has it's shown potential before. So yeah, hopefully it grows into something. I need a new comedy series to sort of sort of attach myself to. It's good stuff. It's really pretty funny. Has it? Is it? I mean, I yeah, really I, I, I probably watched the first three. Yeah, and I don't think the ensemble is very good. Do you, Brian? I think it gets better every episode. Yeah, so I think they're going to have something great, you know, when it all comes together in a year or two. But, but no, I, I'm with you. I'm with you, Richard. I think it's almost entirely built on Sandberg's really funny. So, right, which is great. I mean, they know how to write for him, and that's awesome. Yeah, because yeah, um, I didn't think people ever would know how to write for him, I, except I'm for him. A, yeah, same here. So that that part's great. I. I like Brooklyn Nine Nine. I mean, it's getting better to me every episode and more enjoyable. Um, and I look, I'm, I'm now to the point of where I look forward to it. You know, which I, I certainly wasn't early in the season. Um, I just, I think, <laughs> I'm very surprised that we went that that they went that direction and yeah. have kind of ignored Parks and Recreation, which bothers yeah. me. So it's like if Kyrie Irving won the NBA, NBA MVP. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's. He may one day win one, but this <laughs> right. is not the one he wins. Right? Like, I, I this agree. is six years before he wins. Yeah, that's a good. That's a pretty solid uh, comparison. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. So Amy Poehler finally pulled in a a win. Yeah, finally beat Julia uh, Louis Dreyfus in a Best <laughs> Actress in a in a comedy series. Um, cool to see her sort of out of her element while accepting an award. You know, you could tell she didn't. She didn't really expect to win, and the emotion was genuine. Yeah, from a she lot got of to these make out people. With Bono. And she made out with Bono. Yeah, <laughs> right. like like was she I planning that? She was probably only planning it if she won. But she probably wasn't expecting to win. She's she like, "Holy crap! I am gonna kiss Bono." You know? Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's like she can't do it if she loses. Maybe she was gonna do it anyway, but I don't know. Um, but anyway, yeah, good to see good to see Polar get finally get recognized for for her she's work on Parks and Rec. Night. She's will- she's great. She wants to get married, then we can discuss it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Brian Cranston taking Best Actor 
in a TV series and Breaking Bad taking best drama. Uh, no surprise there. Um, well-deserved all around and a good, I guess, final farewell to Breaking Bad. And they got the nope. Emmys for the nope. last season. It's, so. it's got, but, but this, the, the fun fact about that is that the, the, uh, the Globes were uh, were honoring its first half of season five, so, so it'll be can, back next year. Yeah, it'll come back next year and dominate. Oh, wow, once wow. Again. So, so I guess that's why Aaron Paul didn't win. I guess, I guess so. Yeah. Um, Who won that? The Aaron Paul Award. Shoot, uh, I don't it remember. Was um, I was on a lot of mescaline during the uh... <laughs> John Voight? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Best supporting actor. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Random. Yeah. Obama's from Kenya. John Voight. John Obama's from Kenya. Voight. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's been a. It was a crazy go- Golden Globes, and um, we say that they're not. They're not serious, and that nobody takes them serious. But tell that to Leo, because <laughs> he he seemed pretty <laughs> pretty happy yeah. to win to win Best Actor. He I think he he shed a tear or two, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, but good for Leo. You know, he he probably knows that he won't win the Oscar. He's uh, probably not going to get nominated. It's it's insane. But I can't imagine. Oh, there's so many performances that I'm so passionate about this year. <laughs> like everybody I mentioned, tough. I'm like, it's I can't imagine if he doesn't get a nomination. I'm yeah. quitting. Um, <laughs> but man, man, this is. I'm just, I'm just looking forward to this next month of Oscar buzz and everything. It's going to be. It's going to be good stuff. Great nominations great in two days, right? They come out on uh, yeah. on Thursday, yeah. And Chris Simsworth announcing the nominations, hopefully shirtless. Oh, see you there, Richard. <laughs> Richard will be there in person. I am already there. <laughs> He's camping. Um, no, but it, it's this is a good this is a good little little night of of awards. Um, if Chris Hemsworth announces Will Forte is nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> that might be the greatest day in the Yeah, your head will Richard explode. Yeah. yeah, I don't or know what pants, I would do. one of those two. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, and it was cool Golden Globes. It wasn't as funny. I didn't find Faye and, and Polar as funny as I did in years past. I don't know if they were just worn on to it this year as much as they were. I don't know if the you Clooney guys thought... The joke alone was worth it, though. It was, yeah. There were a and few the, great ones. And the Leo joke, which I won't repeat on this podcast. Yeah, right. there, were, there were some great, great moments. Um, I'm sure if you were listening to this a couple of years on the ride and just YouTube uh, 2013 Golden Globes, you'll know. That's how I watched the about. entire ceremony on YouTube. Did you really? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of stranded right now. My car's been in the shop, so I'm staying uh, with friends so I can get to work. And uh, it's uh, <laughs> I've, I've had to – I'm away from my DVR, which is a certain kind of madness. And uh, so I've been – I watched everything on YouTube. The other day. That's crazy. And yeah, the and entire this, ceremony. Is this is the last thing. It's a great segue, Richard. This is the last thing I wanted to mention before we before we jump into the her her talk. Mm. Um, I'm I'm in my last semester of film school right now. I've just got a few few more courses to finish, and I'm in one right now called called media analysis. And it's basically just like I mean, it's this: you watch a movie and you analyze the movie, and uh, you know, it's it's what we do on this show, basically in uh, class form. So we were talking today, or the professor was talking today about here he was pulling the pulling the class. Like, how do you guys watch movies? How do you guys, you know, create get your content? And he was like, raise your hand if you um, have were born in a time where you didn't have internet. I was the only one that raised my hand in the entire class that hadn't <laughs> had internet. And um, so he was asking everybody kids. how they. Yeah, man, it was. 
it's mind blowing. I mean, <laughs> I got internet when I was like 13. I was like, how young are these people? Yeah. Um, it's crazy. But they was asking, he was asking them like how they view stuff. And people were like, yeah, I don't ever. He was like, how many people watch TV? Nobody raised their hand. I was like, how can you not watch TV? And he was like, um, he asked them what they do. And they're like, well, we just watch on our phone or on a computer. And I, like, I understand watching. When I say I, I don't watch TV, I mean, I watch content through the internet, through an internet connection. I'm not physically sitting in front of my computer and watching a lot of, uh, a lot of content. Um, most, if it's over 10 minutes or something, even a YouTube video, I'll throw it on the, uh, on the TV or something, you know, um, if it's a long form, I can't sit in front of a, an iPhone, a four inch screen and watch a TV show for 30 minutes. I just can't do it. So my question to y'all is how do you guys watch, watch, do you actually watch shows on your phone? Do you watch them on your computer? Uh, because I can't do it. I, I have to, if it's more than, you know, if it's something that deserves my attention, I feel like I need to give it my, give it my attention. So if, if I'm at home, I'll certainly choose the TV if that's an option over the internet. But I don't mind if I'm traveling or something watching stuff. I watch a lot of Netflix on my computer when I travel. Um, sure, I'll do it on my it, laptop when I'm in a hotel or something. Yeah, it doesn't, if it I doesn't even, have the option, no way. Yeah. But maybe they don't have the option. They're poor college kids. They don't have the – I guess not. The, they don't have a TV? I doubt that. <laughs> they, are, they have a MacBook. I, they probably they have a, they probably have a TV. It's, maybe they it's don't weird. have a way to – Hook it up or something. What do yeah. those connections cost? I don't know. I'm drunk. Maybe. My but, sister's in college and she doesn't have a TV. Wow. I mean, it's it's weird to me, but that's fairly normal-ish within her group. Because she just studies all day. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess but it was just surprising. She everything on computer. It was so. just surprising. Yeah. It's just surprising to me that people actually do watch them on their devices. When I – because when I talk about like – you know, internet, internet, like Netflix or something. <laughs> it's not old. You're older than me. Um, <laughs> but I mean, well, I'm it's just, right now. <laughs> Inviting yeah, man. The point okay. is, there are so many ways to watch content from from the internet um, on your normal on your normal device. So I would suggest doing that if you're um, <laughs> if you have the option. And Chromecast, I want to advertise that. My buddy got Chromecast for Christmas and showed it to me. Really, really cool little option uh, for Netflix. It's thirty bucks, and it plugs into the back of your TV like a USB um, USB stick, and uh, you can watch any th- Netflix, YouTube, anything off your off your iOS device or Android device on your TV. And it's a really, really cheap option for consuming a lot of great content. So I will give them a plug. They're not sponsoring this podcast yet. 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 Um, so, anything else you guys want to mention about the uh, Golden Globes before we before we talk about her? Uh, I don't know, but if you represent either Amy Poehler or Chris Hemsworth, call me. <laughs> I've got a lot of range. <laughs> cool. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com 
slash mad. That's ziprecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ziprecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. And let's let's talk about her. Good morning, Theodore. Good morning. You have a meeting in five minutes. You want to try getting out of bed? <laughs> You're too funny. Okay, good. I'm funny. I want to learn everything about everything. I love the way you look at the world. All right, guys. Spike Jones uh, is back to making great films. And uh, that excites me a lot. I don't know how um, much of Spike Jones's work uh, you guys were fans of before. Before you saw her, but uh, I really, really enjoy enjoy a lot of the stuff he does, especially adaptation. Oh, uh, yes. That movie is a masterpiece. Uh, it's the best thing Nicolas Cage has ever done, or ever will do, probably, uh, in my opinion. And uh, I just love love that movie. And he hasn't really made very, very much great, great work. Um, since, Isn't that many films? That. Period. Yeah, and I mean, it's disappointing because you know he shows so much potential in the early. 2000s, late 90s, with being John Malkovich and adaptation, and sort of dropped off for a while. Did a couple jackass movies. Where the wild uh, things are. Did where the wild things are, but but I think he's been working on this one for some time though. I think that yeah, he, he'd been writing the screenplay for five years. So I'll give him a, cut him a little slack on that one. But I mean, my point is, this guy's talented, and uh, you, this is the first thing he's done that he's written and directed, uh-huh. and which is extremely exciting. Uh, for me, and this guy is, is definitely—he's. I, I feel like he had already established himself as one of the great up-and-coming directors in Hollywood, but now he's just one of the great directors in Hollywood. Um, this movie was—I always try to think of a word um, to sort of sum up my feeling on the on the movie after I left. The word I thought of for this one was profound. Huh? Uh, this movie was just. Uh, it felt like a crystal ball or something, you know, like the future that is depicted in this film, the very real realistic realization of our future was so accurate to me. And it felt the most real that I've ever felt a future depicted in a film to me. Like there is um, like minority reports, always the example, you know, like, you know, minority report came out in what? Oh, two. So you look at yeah. 2013 and be like, all this gesture-based um, stuff we're doing with you know multi-touch technology and everything, man, that, that came straight out of my Minority Report. 
Um, but man, I really feel like you know the stuff that that they show us um, in this film with AI is is definitely definitely coming down the pipeline. It's more real than any of us probably think it is. Uh, but man, um, I have a lot to talk about with this with this film. I, I just wanted to give my initial impressions, and I want to give your get y'all's initial impressions. So prepare yours. I love the color palette of this movie. It was beautiful, fit the story perfectly. Um, the vintage yet futuristic feel of it is what I also liked. Like it felt old and new uh, as well, which is sort of what Walter Mitty was going for uh, last week when we when we talked about that. I feel like they were kind of going towards the same thing. Uh, Spike Jones actually didn't like use blue in this movie at all. Like I heard that he made a conscious effort not to use blue in the film, <laughs> which made a difference to me um, for sure. But uh, those are just some of my initial thoughts, and I have more, like I said, more thoughts to give. But I want to get y'all's initial thoughts before I before I ruin them. So Richard Barden, mm-hmm. how about you? Uh, what do you think of Spike Jones? Her? It is at this moment. I, I've seen it very recently, but I think this is my favorite movie of the year. Um, nice. Yeah. No, it, it passed. Uh, it passed. Now you see me. No. It, uh, <laughs> Barely. Absolutely. Barely. It was. It was. It was close. It was. Uh, it was close. But at the, at the end of the day, um, you know, it was. It really just came down to the difference between Iowa Fisher and Amy Adams. <laughs> Other than that, same movie. Uh, just as profound. Uh, no, this was this was. Uh, you're right. It's completely profound. It's really interesting, like philosophically and and um, sociologically. It's an important right. movie, I think. Um, it's entertaining and funny and sweet. And Walking Phoenix is freaking awesome in this movie. Yeah. Um, and so is ScarJo uh, in a a performance that I don't know if people really understand how to interpret. Uh, but. A, a really good performance by her. Um, the supporting cast is good, except for Rooney Mara is kind of meh to me, but whatever. Um, it was supposed to be um, Carrie Mulligan. Yeah. But, but she dropped you out and Rooney Mara replaced her. Same thing, though, with Carrie Mulligan. I, I, no, they're both like uh, uh, Jeremy Renner to me. They're, they're fine. <laughs> they're good. But like, I, I, they lack any charisma to me. Sure. Um, which is... Not necessarily mandatory, but... Have you seen uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? I have. I thought Rooney Mara was great in that film. No she charisma, but, no, but she was great in that movie. But that's a really cold part. Yeah. Those parts are fine, and they come around. I mean, Jeremy Renner's, you know, really great in, in uh, Her Locker. the Her Locker, sure. but same kind of thing. Like, sure, it's yeah, a, good point. Those parts are there. They're just... Those people can't be in a lot of different movies, in my opinion. And when they're when they find the right part, they're great because they're not bad actors. They're they're excellent actors, but there's not. I don't know if we great. mentioned in Hustle, but Renner was great in Hustle. I he just was. wanted to throw that out there. He was, he was legitimately awesome. Okay, sorry, Richard. Yeah, no, he was. He was very good. Um, and hopefully, he can evolve and and maybe I don't, I don't know why. Just the the movies he made since Hurt Locker to me were very flat. That's my only criticism of him. He's well, obviously, good. you didn't They're see fun. Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. <laughs> well, that being the exception, and it was an incredible, no exaggeration, masterpiece of one. Um, <laughs> now available this, on Netflix. Yeah, thanks, Netflix. <laughs> I hope you paid, you know, like a box of Cracker Jacks for that. Right. 
oldest reference I've ever made in my entire life. I'm <laughs> right. like, I got a decoder ring. <laughs> yeah. uh, All um, the kids in Kent's class have no idea. <laughs> yeah, none of them. Yeah. They, did. They, they think it's some like uh, iPad porn site. <laughs> um, <laughs> Googling? <laughs> Richard, no. sorry. Go ahead. We're we're no, distracting you. Just, you know, it's got the cool little. We'll go in a spoiler, but a uh, inventive twist at the end with you know the OS and uh, Amy Amy Adams is great. But gosh, I Walking Phoenix is he's so good at everything. He's in this like he's completely um, peaking. I think as an actor, um, and he's like looks the right way now. Like he's the appropriate age for his personality on screen you know what i mean when he was younger he was kind of like off-putting because he was just yeah. seemed weird but now he's like um i always have this theory on like bob dylan like bob dylan was always supposed to be like a 65 year old man not necessarily musically yeah. but just like in his yeah, personality sure. Sure. and so now he became like interesting visually when he turned 65 because he like looked how he's always been um and Joaquin phoenix is like awesome for like 42 years old or however old he is um but that's yeah, a really I, I, good point, Richard. Just that—that's really—that's—that's that's a strong point there. That's—that's that's like the John Hamm factor. Like why John Hamm is successful yeah. now, as opposed to you know ten years ago. Because obviously he's a great actor, but he's always looked like he was fifty, or yeah. forty-five, or whatever. So Walking Phoenix yeah. like looks awesome as a forty-year-old man. Um, yeah, and it, that adds to his performance. He's—he—he he was great in this, and this is like such a—you uh, know—it's a movie about. A person that falls in love with their phone, and it's not necessarily a realistic uh, premise. However, you know, if you've seen me with my my Tetris or Twitter <laughs> or things like this, you can certainly understand uh, some level of relatability. But uh, this is a really kind of small, um, non awardsy, non Jared Leto performance. <laughs> yeah, like it's a quiet and uh, confident and nuanced um, performance that that I don't think a lot of actors could give right now. You know, um, it's a very short list of people. I think that could have the confidence to kind of disappear and, and be vulnerable and small. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm scared of walking Phoenix in general, mm-hmm. yeah. but I found him so sweet in this movie and yeah. so, um, lovable in a way, you know, I've always revered him and, 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 thought he's incredibly talented but this was like i like really empathized and, and loved him in a way um and that's what really set the movie apart for me and made it my favorite probably of the year is is was that so uh i'll leave it at that but to, without sounding too like la da but uh brian i'm interested in what you have to say as well yeah brian initial thoughts yeah um man this one i think you guys are both Totally right, and I. It's hard for me even to. Well, push. Mad Skills I, is going to be pissed. <laughs> um, sorry, Mad Skills. I made the mistake uh, today. I was. I've been. I've been very busy at work, and when I'm at work, a lot of times I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I try very, very hard not to listen to a podcast about a movie that we haven't talked about yet. Um, because it, it's the same as like, I don't read reviews of movies that we haven't talked about or, or that I, I plan on seeing be- sure. until I've seen them because I, I don't want my opinion of those movies or, or the way that I express my opinion to be, um, sullied, I sure. guess. Yeah, yeah. That. 
Uh, but I made the mistake of listening to Grantland's uh, Hollywood perspective. They were talking about Wolf of Wall Street and American Hustle and her. And uh, I was like, well, I'll just turn off American. I'll, I'll turn it off when they start talking about her. Um, and then I, you know, I got distracted and I didn't get it done. And and so I ended up listening to what they had to say, and it gave me a almost a greater appreciation for the film. Like every little argument that uh, Andy Greenwald, especially, was bringing up, was like, oh yeah, that's a really good point. And that's not to say that I didn't really think that this was an excellent movie to begin with. Um, I just, I don't think I, I think I missed some things. I think I didn't appreciate it as much as I should have going in. And I think a big part of that is not to get like super um, personal and, uh, you know, serious, but um, I went through a divorce about six years ago now. And this was like, this was like putting me through the emotional ringer of that again, uh-huh. um, which I I think is a I, I mean that as a compliment because it's such a it's such a real um, interpretation is not the right word but uh, example or illustration I guess of what that is like um, and but it's so realistic it almost kept not kept me from enjoying it but it it, it I sat there like almost like thinking about my life rather than like watching the movie. It was a strange experience um, for me that I, I don't usually get with a film. So I, I compliment Spike Jones. Um, I mean, immensely like every positive during the host. So I got, (laughs) yeah. Um, Which host? uh, But maybe American or Korean. Sorry. They're two different movies. (laughs) Weird either way. Um, <laughs> Korean one is a masterpiece. I'm no talking about the Stephanie Meyer. Yeah, yeah big, big Steph Meyer fan. Japanese uh, one, maybe Korean. I don't know. I'm racist. Go ahead. Anyway, it just uh, I mean it as a, a huge compliment to him because he um, he made me feel things and and yeah. uh, and that wasn't I didn't expect to be that. Uh, involved in the in the film honestly i didn't expect it to to like uh open me up emotionally that that way i've got a friend who's going through a divorce right now and he'd expressed interest in seeing this movie and i texted him right after it came out and i was like hey don't go see this movie because i think it will put you in a in a place that you probably don't you know want to be in right now um but that said it has this. I think this movie has more to say about human emotions and human relationships, especially than maybe any movie I've ever seen. And I think wow. it's funny that we get that in a movie that is it's a, it's it's science fiction, right? I mean, it's it's a piece of science fiction that is about a dude falling in love with his operating system, and I. I, I kind of I, I liken it a little bit to uh, I'm a big fan of when we talked about Monsters University. I, I talked about Wally. I love Wally, um, and I I hold up Wally as like the best example of uh, romance in film that I've seen in many many years. Uh, and I think it's funny that a cartoon about two robots can <laughs> can do that. You know, um, that's that's kind of how I feel with this. It's uh, you should not be able to explore human emotions with this kind of depth and um, and genuine reality um, when you're talking about a you know a kind of, 
let's let's be honest. He could be a little bit. He's very sweet. And you're right, Richard, but kind of a little bit creepy, right? I mean, oh yeah, a bit creepy. And and I, and I, you know, that's not a. I don't mean that as a negative, but again, to say that we're going to get that sort of depth from this movie with this plot line is uh, is quite something, you know, and quite a an achievement, I would say. So. Um, Certainly this movie possible. surprised you, didn't it, didn't it, Brian? Because if I'm not mistaken, I think you predicted like uh, that this movie wouldn't work, or I don't know what your thoughts uh, my, prior my, to coming my original, into it. My original thought was that it wasn't going to register with with uh, with voters because it is such a weird, out there kind of premise, um, and it did. I, I wanted it to work. I expected it was going to be good because I, I think Spike Jones is fantastic, like the rest of us do. But um, it it did better than it, yeah. It, it uh, exceeded my expectation of what you can do with this subject matter. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely, uh, it definitely surprised me. It was it's not better than I thought it was because I thought it was going to be a great movie, but it it definitely it had more depth and more more to it than I thought. I was going to get from this, uh, Brian. Question for you: Have you, have you ever read um, Have you ever read Slaughterhouse Five, the Vonnegut book? Yeah. No, it's it's on my. Uh, I, I so the first book I bought when I got my iPad a few months ago, and I, I haven't read it yet. I've you know okay. I've been reading important things like uh, Divergent, you know, because I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> you are <laughs> really. Yeah, I have. What I happened have. for the movie? I have. Yeah, nice. I liked it. I really liked nice. the first one. I'm surprised, but I did. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's no. I mean, I'm not trying. It's it's not hardly at all like this. But I think it's a good example of. To me, it's always that example of like. Um, in Ken's, who you've said you read it, so you can understand. Yeah. That it's it's ex- exploring these really powerful human emotions through like an absolutely ridiculous plot. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And like Slaughterhouse Five is about understanding World War Two and how horrible it was and, and the emotional toll it took on people that you know were in like the bombing of Dresden or things like that through an alien story. Yeah. Okay. And so, and, uh, and so I think when you read that, I think you'll, I mean, really good sci-fi does that. And, yeah, uh, totally. and you know, the allegory is obviously ripe and, and all that. But I, the, when you said that, I think it, when you ever, if you ever get around to reading that book, I think you'll, you'll see a lot of her in it. Sure. Sure. The, the vision from, from director, uh, from, from Spike Jones here was, is is truly astounding. The more the more that I think about it, this is an original screenplay, and I just wanted to hammer that home with our listeners. He thought of all this, you know, by himself, yeah. and him and his wife hammered this thing out. Um, I don't. You can take that a lot of ways, um, but this this is like um, the technology that he invents for this film is truly. Ama- I mean, I know it's influenced by like Siri and things like that that we have now. But um, the way he uses them, like when he first meets Samantha, when when Joaquin Phoenix first meets Samantha, um, and he's like figuring out what all she can do for him, you know, um, he sits down at his desk and she's like going through all his emails, contacts, things like that. Uh, the way that they, the AI is able to like help out the person, like the way that. Uh, Spike Jones envisions us to be assisted by AIs in the future. I thought was was very interesting. Uh, like I could totally see us having like a device like this device he has. You know, like this uh, 
little wood grain, like classic looking device. You know, I could totally see Apple making a device like that. And, you know, having the little earpiece, those Bluetooth things are already huge. Like I could totally see like a voice powered device like this. Uh, the near, like the people at Apple, if they saw this movie, they have to be like losing it. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're like, we have to do that now. Um, because it was just, everybody wants a future like this future to me. Um, it's, it was comforting. <laughs> it, it felt like there was like no war in this world that he created. Uh, the the um, environment that Spy- that Joaquin Phoenix lives in, like you know, he walks into his house and the lights automatically adjust to him, and like small things like that that are obviously um, coming down coming down the pipeline. But um, the techno- technological aspect of of what he has created here with his own brain is just a re- truly, truly remarkable. Yeah. Um, but and, and the cool thing about that, Kent, to, yeah. to harp to, and I'm I'm directly stealing this from uh, from the podcast I referenced earlier. So kudos, shout out to to uh, Grantland on that. But um, the, I think the really interesting part about that is that he went to these great lengths to create this futuristic world, and clearly he really cares about. Um, the details of that world, and then he put it in the background and didn't really do anything with it. And that was kind of, I thought that was such an interesting, and it, it makes for, it makes the movie so much uh, better because the emphasis, obviously the, the point of this movie is not to show you the future, you know what I mean? I, that's that's not the point, but he created this really very cool, very lavish uh, world that he clearly cares about, um, and then just lets it be the backdrop. And I thought that was kind of a, I thought that was a stroke of genius. And I, I didn't think of that until it was mentioned on, on this, uh, on this podcast, but it, somebody said that and I was like, Oh yeah, that's a really stinking good point. So, um, that, and that has stuck with me, um, throughout the whole day. I've been thinking about that. So, uh, anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to, to, uh, cut you off. It's all good. Um, Olivia Wilde makes an appearance in this film. Uh, yeah. Always good to see her. <laughs> in, in any capacity. Exactly. Um, I don't agree with Joaquin Phoenix, though, when in the film he says about uh, about Miss Wilde, uh, quote, there was nothing sexy about that woman, unquote. <laughs> I disagree. I think there was a lot of things sexy about her, but that's just his opinion. Uh, good to see good to see Miss Wilde, um, as always. Uh, Kristen Wiig cameo in this yeah. film as Sexy Kitten. The uh, girl that uh, Joaquin Phoenix sort of hooks up with uh, at the beginning of the film. So I don't know. It was only her voice. I don't know if you recognized her or not. Yeah. Thought that. Thought I would point that out. Um, the score in this movie was great. Uh, the Arcade Fire. I need to give them a little bit of recognition for what they've for what they've done here. It's just truly truly good. It just fits the emotional. Uh, feeling and tone of this movie so great. Mm-hmm. I mean, Arcade Fire itself is a band that sounds both from the future and the past. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, very good. Yeah, and his relationship, their relationship with Spike Jones, I'm sure influenced a lot why they were involved here. Uh, the track "Supersymmetry" off Reflector uh, is used prominently throughout the movie. Uh-huh. I think it's sort of kind of like the theme of the of the sure. movie, except for "The Moon" by Karen O, which they Samantha and and uh, Joaquin's character sort of do a little duet of, which is it's which is very very touching. Rejoice. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, in particular, we're going to spoiler territory now. So spoilers coming up for, for her. Uh, the scene in particular where we're walking Phoenix and, and Scarlett Johansson, Samantha fall in love technically for the first time. The, um, what would you do if I was there scene? Uh, wow. <laughs> I think, Brian, I think you said you, uh, Wally, interestingly enough was, yeah, was your example of love in in movies like Samantha and Joaquin in this movie are like my, I, that's my ideal couple. <laughs> like, like they, like I was so in love with Scarlett in this movie and you don't see her one time. Like, just something about like it's obviously the the way yeah, ma- Spike Jones wrote this character. Her. Imagine <laughs> that. I mean, half of it's probably the idea that I've already seen her before, so I knew what she looked like. But just yeah, the um, pure emotional relationship built between between Joaquin and her was truly, truly genuine. And uh, it's not easy to just do that and write that and fake that and you know act that way. And I really, really felt it, and that and that was really. Really surprising, most of all. Um, but but the scene where they sort of, I don't know, hook up uh, virtually, <laughs> and it just goes black. The screen goes yeah. black, and all you hear are the voices for like a until the act is over. Wow, how effective was that? Incredibly, incredibly great direction by by Spike there. Great choice um, by him. In this direction, I can't. I can't say enough. The the vision and the cinematography was great. This this movie needs to be into the discussion for best cinematography. It might not. It probably won't get a nomination uh, for that, but I feel it deserves it. Oh, absolutely! It was just gorgeous. I watched this movie twice. I don't know if I mentioned that. Second mm-hmm. viewing, even better than the first time. I say that a lot, but man, this, it's definitely true in this case. Uh, so, did you guys? About the ending, did you guys predict or think it was going to end the way it ended, i.e., like Samantha? There are, what, however, 8,316 Samanthas. Did, did you see, see that coming? What, did, what, were your, what are your thoughts on, Not really. on that? I was arc? kind of along for the ride on yeah. this movie. I, I, I wasn't really thinking, like, what's to come. I was kind of just caught up in what was happening, which was another, you know, that's when you know. Uh, a director kind of knows what they're doing because, like, I, I wasn't like in my own head. I kind of was just experiencing the world as it came at me. Yeah, Brian, what do, what did you think? Yeah, about that? Um, I thought it was, I thought it was fine. Um, I, I don't know that I expected it. I, you know, I, I didn't think throughout the whole movie. I didn't think we were going to get to a point where, um, you know, where Joaquin Phoenix and Samantha. What's the guy's name? Tim? What's his name? Theodore. Theodore. Uh, where Theodore and Samantha were going to be like together. Um, I thought we were probably heading towards some kind of uh, breakup, and now Joaquin Phoenix understands life a little bit better, which is kind of what we got. But I certainly didn't. You know, I didn't know that it was going to be uh, the way that it went. And I, I thought they did a good job of bringing us. I thought Spike did a good job of bringing us to that point with that those last couple of scenes. It was a it was a solid way of of doing that. Yeah, the necessity of Amy Adams' character in this movie, uh, I appreciated too. How Joaquin sort of uses her as a barometer for love. You know, uh, she's married 
she's been there. She she has the has the OS as well. Um, and when he sees her become attached to her OS, it sort of you know reestablishes his love for Samantha uh, later in the movie. But so I I don't get it. Just so dude. Did Samantha say that the the OSs had become too smart or something for their own good or something they were getting shut down? I don't, they I don't were, know the technicality of that. What was it? I, I think – yeah, go ahead, Richard. They kind of like get to – they evolve like past the point of – they can't really – Learn anymore? humans anymore. Yeah, learn anymore and they kind of dump obviously the uh, the humans. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So they and so it's up to the humans to get a new OS then if they want to I continue so. something like that in their life. Yeah. Cool. They, they they find a way to transcend matter. I think is kind of the way that she sure. Put yeah. It. That makes sense. So, um, so the way it ends with did you envision them getting back together, or Joaquin and and Amy Adams sort of sort of uh, finding each other towards the end? I did. Yeah, that that part didn't necessarily surprise me. Yeah, it didn't surprise me either. Yeah. I just didn't know what y'all what y'all thought about it. No, but I like the way he did it though. I it wasn't uh it wasn't like happy go lucky ending. Yeah, of, they're both kind Now of we like, get three, you know, we get four scenes of them, you know, living happily ever after together. It was kind yeah. of a they're embarking into a kind of a strange unknown new world and that that was a, that was a good way to to close it out. That was an exciting finish, I felt like. Sure. Um, th- this, this movie, most of all, I, I, I really enjoyed, I, I was entertained, but most of all, this movie made me ask questions. And I think that's what, sure. what, what his goal was here. Like, what's the definition of emotion? Um, are these device like, you know, this could be taken as a satire for today. Like people spend so much time on their dang iPhones with their face glued to their iPhone that they're basically just as attached to them as they are the real people in their lives. You know, like you're almost care more about whether you have your iPhone every day than you do about your friend every day or whatever, you know? Um, I absolutely love my phone more than either of you. Well, sure. I mean, most of us do. And that's the connection I made. But I mean, I appreciate that you can take a lot of, uh, it can be interpreted a lot of different ways. And, you know, with movies like this that are, you know, sort of predicting the future or attempting to at least, um, I don't want one vision of the future. I want, us as viewers to be able to take what we can from that and go out and make our own future of that. Make the future of the film from that, I should say. Uh, so, Brian Gill, let me ask you, what's your grade for her? Uh, a. Straight up A. I'm going to give A+. Plus. Richard? A+. Plus. Sweet. Wow. Three A's. Yeah, we we just can't agree on this show, guys. We cannot. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I want to say to that point one more thing. Usually... If the movie's good, we like it. And if the movie's bad, we don't. You know, it's a right. pretty black and white issue. <laughs> if it's a bad movie, us three are probably not going to like it. We're probably going to all agree that it's bad. And if it's good. You know, there are, there are movies that are 50-50, you know, type of movies. And those are the ones yeah. we tend to, to Sometimes you guys are idiots and try to defend Wizard of Oz. And sometimes <laughs> I'm right. Brian de- defended Secret Life of Walter Mitty. I just wanted to... I'll stand by that. Just wanted to point that out. For me. Love that movie. I liked, liked Evil Dead. I did. I liked Evil Dead. There Richard despised well, it. So yeah, we sure. all have our demons. And I refuse to see it. So, yeah. you know. Sure. It's going um, well. Anything else you guys want to mention about her before we before we move on for weekly recommends? I'll say my, my last little thing. Yeah. Uh, 
I love Joaquin Phoenix in this movie so much that what I want next in life is just, I want like a Terrence Malick film of just Joaquin Phoenix, like close up of his face, talking about life and love and relationships. I will watch the crap out of that. Yeah, just, he's, just, he's so he's so good. I mean, man, he he crushed that those scenes when it's just him talking to Samantha or talking to anybody, and he's just kind of discussing where his life has gone. I man, in, incredible stuff. The I'm, I'm so psyched for Inherent Vice. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah. Pinchon is my man. Like that's my dude. The guy that wrote the book and uh so and PTA is my man. And Walking Phoenix is becoming my man and Owen you know, Owen's my guy. So this is like along with Chris Hemsworth talking about Will Forte, um, <laughs> right up the Richard Alley. Two more things I want to say before we do weak recommends. Um the original Samantha was not Scarlett Johansson. It was Samantha Morton who played Agatha, interestingly enough, in Minority Report. She was the actress on set. She was the one who recorded all the scenes with Joaquin Phoenix. Crazy. I didn't know Um, that. Yeah. And uh, after the movie was finished and edited, um, Spike Jones just didn't feel that something wasn't there. And so Mrs. Morton, or Miss Morton, graciously um, gave her role to Scarlett. And so a lot of credit with the scenes that you're just referring to with, with Joaquin and Samantha, the AI absolutely was Samantha Morton. And I so was curious, the, the method like was, was, uh, she like was in a soundproof booth, booth on set at all times okay. and completely pitch black. No one could see her. She never performed with Joaquin on the set. They never saw each other on set either. Yeah. So it was a real deal, uh, relationship. But he could hear her through the, yeah. the earpiece. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very cool. Very cool. The first cut was like four hours long, I heard. Really? As well. Yeah. That, that I heard a, Steven Soderbergh like yeah. took it from three hours to 90 minutes in like one sitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty yeah. Awesome. Soderbergh apparently was very important in the, you know, kind of getting this thing together and whittling it down to an actual movie. Because I, I, I guess originally Charlie Kaufman was uh, writing. Spike had asked, yeah, Charlie Kaufman to come in and write. So that stuff was good. One thing that I think – y'all touched on this a little bit uh, as far as the, uh, the Scarlett Johansson-ness of it. I think it would have been kind of cool if we didn't know who the AI was. If this voice was just like a totally unknown right actress or yeah. – I mean, Scarlett Johansson has a very recognizable voice. So even if you said, oh, the voice is done by you know Susie Jones, we would have been like, no, that's, that's Scarlett Johansson. But <laughs> – Somebody, I, I don't know, I, I don't have a, a solution to that, but I, I think it would have been an interesting experiment because, you know, we all are picturing Scarlett Johansson if we didn't know what to picture to go with that voice. You nothing know what I mean? Nothing wrong like, with that. <laughs> I just think it would have been an interesting uh, experience, I guess, or experiment. The other thing I wanted to mention, last thing, Chris Pratt in this movie shows up everywhere. Just wanted to awesome. point that out. Literally shows up everywhere, and he's awesome. He's so good. Yeah. He's so good. And he has yeah. a foot fetish, apparently. <laughs> and an awesome pedo stash. It's great. Yes. Yeah. He was awesome yeah. in this movie. He was. All right. Well, let's move on. Let's do Weekly Recommends. Weekly Recommends. All right, guys. Weekly Recommends. I'm going to recommend um, another roundtable. The Hollywood Reporter roundtables are all up and online for Oscar season this year. 
Uh, well, you still got a month if you're listening to this um, on the day of. You've got a month to uh, watch these before the Oscars. And I'm going to recommend the Cinematographers Roundtable uh, for this one. Uh, I believe uh, the Cinematographer Nebraska and 12 Years a Slave and a couple other films are are interviewed. And there's about six of them, I think, and a great hour-long, long-form interview uh, about their films, about filmmaking in general, about the future of filmmaking and uh, and such. It's These roundtables are really great. I don't know if you guys have, have gotten a chance to see any of them this year. Uh, the ones were great last year, specifically. Yeah. If you, you can go back and watch those two with Tarantino and Catherine yeah. Bigelow and, and, and them. So it was it was great. They were always, always really better good. with Tarantino because he could just, like, take over. A, that was uh, when Tarantino first um, re- um, revealed that he was done with... Um, making movies if it's all digital. That was sort of one that yeah. broke last year. <laughs> um, but I want to suggest, yeah, the, the Hollywood Reporter Oscar Roundtable, uh, the cinematographers. Uh, so, Brian, what's very your cool. weekly recommend? Uh, I'm going to just very briefly talk about a an album, and because uh, we're going to talk about it more in our next episode, I believe. But you always do uh, this. I know. I'm sorry. I, I didn't get to Can't watch anything, anything this week of, uh, of any substance. So, uh, sorry. Uh, my, my recommend of the week is the uh, Inside Lewin Davis soundtrack that uh, I walked out of the theater from, from seeing uh, Inside Lewin Davis, literally walked right down the street to Best Buy, bought the album, couldn't even wait to get home and, and do the cheaper download uh, on iTunes or anything like that, and uh, it's phenomenal. I've been listening to it for like three days and singing all the songs, and um, if you are at all into like folk music or singer-songwriter type stuff, uh, man, you cannot go wrong with this thing at all. So fantastic. This should be, this should be influenced because, or I, I can give shed light on this to you, Ken, because I don't know if you know this. Uh, Brian has not yet gone through his Dylan phase. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He's wow. been holding off on it. A little bit here and there. Yeah, but yeah. It's inevitable it's about, now. Yeah, Yeah. if you're into that, man, I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I'll put together some albums and songs for you, and we will make all this right. happen. I'm, I'm excited, yeah. I'm more concerned with the fact that you gave Best Buy business. Hey, look, I was in Lake Worth, Texas. Where else was I going to go? You know? so. Good call. Good point. <laughs> I, I I choose I choose Amazon for my DVD needs or C or CD MP3 needs. Um, I usually do too, but if I sometimes I just don't I don't want to wait two days or a day. Sometimes I want Amazon to does a thing now, and I'll suggest this for a recommend as well. They do a thing called Auto Rip now. Mm, where you yeah. buy the CD, like physical CD, and they'll ship it to you. But in the meantime, you can download it and listen to right. it, which is great. Yeah, and and they do that for vinyl too, as well, which is awesome. Um, and I would love to buy the Inside Lewin Davis soundtrack on vinyl, which I'll probably be doing in the next two minutes. Um, <laughs> Richard Barton, we can recommend. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna go out on a on a weird limb here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend something. To uh, I'm gonna go off the beaten path a little bit. Maybe our more our some of our female listeners, um, and some male listeners with maybe some Twilight, like Twilight, 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 some Twilight. different taste. No, I maybe even girlier. <laughs> um, Sex in the City. Whoa. Something you guys may not know about me is I watch a lot. And by a lot, I mean pretty much any time I'm watching TV. If it's not sports, I'm watching HGTV. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching that today. No joke. And Candace, favorite, somebody, Candace, my makeovers. favorite HGTV, Yeah, my favorite HGTV show is Love It or List It. <laughs> Are you guys familiar? Oh yeah, oh yeah. 
I okay. have a wife though, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't. I just love remods, so yeah. kind of have a thing for Hillary too. Not gonna lie. But uh, anyway, love it or list it. It's a uh, Canadian show. I mean, it's a realtor. It's so Canadian too. Like yeah, oh, it's super it's a, Canadian. Ken, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak to yeah because I don't think. Are you familiar, Kent? I'm, I've heard of it. I've seen it on the guide. I'm not going to okay. say Watch that one I've next seen time. It. <laughs> you will get sucked in. So uh, it's all just fake drama, but they have a realtor and they have a, an interior decorator. And uh, there's a family where like a husband and wife, and let's say the husband, they have some house issues, right? Their house isn't fitting their needs. The husband wants to just sell it and move on. And the wife wants to <laughs> renovate and make their house work for them. And you know, they go look at some new houses, and then a renovator comes in and, with a certain amount of budget, changes their house around. And that at the end of the ha- end of the show, they decide: do we want to love it or do we want to list it? Thus, love it. I get it. it. That's yeah. great. That's that's so clever. <laughs> so anyway, but I've probably seen, dude, last weekend I probably watched like thirteen of these, and uh, they just, you know, this is my life. I'm slowly becoming everyone's dad. Um, <laughs> But uh, highly recommend. It. You, I promise you guys. And Brian, he's not going to admit it, but no, it's fun. It's a fun. You definitely get sucked into show, it for sure. Yeah, you totally. will definitely get sucked in if you get caught up into it. Uh, so that's it. That's it for the week. Also, cool. like Brian, I watched nothing of consequence this week, so I'm fit. Yeah, cool. Good to recommend. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anything else you guys want to mention this week before we get out of here? I love you. Oh, oh that was. I'm sorry. It, it slipped. Fast. It slipped. I love you. I was talking to my my cat. But anything you guys want to mention before we get out of here? Let's just get out of here. All right. And on that note, until next time, we will see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.